0: This is
1: AmateurLogic.TV, episode 67 for June 15, 2014.
0: Hamvention, it's a wrap. This episode of AmateurLogic.TV is brought to you by... Gigaparts.com. Between now and July 15th, 2014, use the promo code ALTV5100 at checkout to receive a $25 discount off the price of a new ICOM ID5100 Mobile D-Star Radio, MFJ. The world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJenterprises.com and by ICOM and the limited time by direct
2: D-Star infrastructure program.
0: Hi, welcome to TV, episode 67. I'm your most excellent host, George. <laughs> and I'm Tommy, back from our most excellent adventure. in to Dayton Hamvention 2014. Man, it was an excellent adventure, wasn't it? Oh, man, it's always a great time to go yeah. to that thing. You just still can't see it all. I mean, I think we do worse every year, don't we? It, yeah, we seem to
1: get less and less. Of course, yeah. the
0: weather didn't help this year. No, it, it rained uh, Friday and Saturday, and it was cold, too. Yeah, it was kind of cold, and uh, actually it hailed one morning. I it think did. that was uh, Saturday morning. Set- yeah, I, I heard some mistaken. people talking about it. I didn't see it, but I, I heard some yeah. people talking about it. We only barely made it into the flea market. We went to the Mendelssohn's tent, and there I spent the uh, largest portion of my savings at uh, at Hamvention there. Yeah? How much money did you spend? I spent $5 on some banana connectors.
1: $5. I spent $1.61 on some uh various heat
0: sinks yeah you spent more than that though didn't you didn't you buy something else
1: yeah i spent ten dollars on uh what did i spend ten dollars on something else
0: something besides hot dogs
1: yeah uh the food yeah the food i spent way more than that on food yeah but uh yeah i got uh something else for ten dollars oh some batteries that's right. The those batteries LED for my acid. wireless yeah. uh,
0: mic. pack. Yeah, they were they were the smallest lead acids I had seen uh-huh. in that style before. Yeah, they and, work good. I've got them all charged up. They work good for my microphone. Yeah, cool. Uh, we did go in together though and buy something else. The mother load.
1: The mother load
0: We'll show the you that Grande in a little bit here. Uh, but right now we shot an intro while we were there, so. Let's take a look at it. Well, Tommy, we've arrived again. It's hard to
1: believe it's been a year. It just seems like it was yesterday.
0: It, yeah, it does. It's a big crowd in here. It's raining outside. It's cold today, so everybody's indoors.
1: Yeah, it's already pretty crowded, and the sh- the uh, show just opened up a few minutes ago. But I've already seen some pretty interesting people.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have. Take a look at this. Well, we got a lot to go see, so why don't we get after it?
1: Yeah, let's do. Hey, before we get started, do you have a shopping list? I
0: I don't have much on my shopping list this year. I'm kind of embarrassed. I've got to work on it.
1: Yeah, we got to get the the uh, elusive gold PL two hundred and fifty dines for sure. And then I've I just got uh, I'm always on the lookout for the audio transformers, but nothing in particular other than that. But I'm sure I'll come up with plenty of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. And I hope if the rain will break and we can get out there and get in that flea market too.
1: Yeah, well, let's go do it.
0: You know, Peter's not with us this month. Uh, He's taking the month off. And uh, it takes a lot of people to make up for that international presence that Peter puts forth every month. And we had it. Oh, at least four or five people do uh, stand-in for us Oh,
1: absolutely. It's uh, it's a pretty big job to fill Peter's shoes. It is. Who who did you talk to first, Tom? I talked to a guy from Germany. We're here with Mitch, DJ Zero QN for uh, DARC. And uh, can you tell us what you guys are doing here, Mitch?
3: Well, basically a couple of things. Um, We are part of the, uh, we're the largest amateur radio society in the IARU Region 1. And if you look at this area, this is an international area and representing amateur radio outside of the United States. And number two, we're obviously representing the German hams and the German society here. If people are interested in coming to Germany, we give them information on the trip, uh, information on amateur radio in Germany. There's a lot of Germans here at the show. Um, people that are visiting the Dayton, is probably 50 or 100 hams that fly over every year and there's a lot of german-speaking people that live here so this is a, a, a place where they can interact with us and ask us questions get support meet us say hello that sort of thing
1: okay or how, how many uh, hams are there in germany
3: uh we're number of hams is about 70,000 right now we have about 70,000 licensed hams um darc has about 40,000 members are you from Germany? I don't I, detect I, an accent. I'm originally from California. Um, my U.S. calls Kilo 7 Delta X-ray. However, I've lived in Munich since 1977, so for 37 years. So my home is Munich. My home is Germany. I, I, uh, uh, I've i been living there. I've been part of DARC for a number of years. I was uh, uh, had varied positions within DARC. I was the first uh, non-German on the... Uh, uh, board of Directors of DRC, uh, I was uh, re- responsible for the um, foreign uh, committee um, international committee that, that we set this up for a while uh, now it 's Thomas who uh, is presently um, at, a, at a forum and um, so i 've been very heavily involved in the in the DRC area for uh, for a number of years.
1: It was one of the places I hope to visit one of these days on my bucket list um, we, we've been asking the other guys as we went down uh, uh, how many classes of licenses
3: are there in Germany? There are two classes of licenses, and um, there's um, the Class A and there's the Class E. And the Class E is similar to, I would say, the general class license in the U.S. It gives you um, some limited HF uh, uh, capabilities. Um, The Class E does. Uh, It gives you, um, for example, it doesn't give you 20 meters, but it gives you, uh, uh, and doesn't give you the work bands, but it does give you um, 80, uh, uh, 40, 15, 10, that sort of thing. And and of course uh, VHF, UHF frequencies, uh, limited power, that sort of thing. And then there's the Class A, which is the full license, which gives you all frequencies, all bands, all modes, 750 watts or whatever's uh, maximum allowed in that band. So those are the two, the, the two um, classes. There's been a number of discussions for years about a third class for for really you know even below Class E. Similar to the technician class, but there's um, it has not gone through, and I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen. But uh, it looks like now that it's going to be a two-class system for a while.
1: Okay, great. Are there any CW requirements for the license no, there?
3: No, the CW. Uh, we were one of the first countries to drop uh, the CW requirement back when the uh, when the ITU dropped uh, um, uh, dropped that a number of years back.
1: How, how about maximum legal power in Germany?
3: Seven hundred and fifty watts uh, on on HF. Uh, for obviously on 30 meters and wherever else it's limited.
1: Right. It, it, it's kind of interesting because it's such a wide uh, range. We talked to one guy from Saudi Arabia. It was 200 watts.
3: Uh, these guys are 600 watts. watts. yeah, right. Well, there's a the difference between legal power and what people use in some countries, as you know. In some, uh, you know, uh, Italy, for example, um, I think it's quite well known that they like their amplifiers, and the legal power in Italy is 400 watts. So, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to say that some countries that it's kind of blatantly ignored and there's other countries that it's not the u.s. tends to be actually one that's fairly uh good the way they i, I don't see too many people running more than 1500 and honestly it's not really necessary <laughs> yeah
1: right um but anyway i appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us and i hope you have a lot of uh, people come by i know i've seen several stop already
3: yeah it's been very busy and we've we've enjoyed it i come every year uh my first date was 1974 but uh I've been coming uh, off and on since then, and I, I always enjoy Dayton. Uh, Friedrichshafen, our convention in Germany, which is our equivalent of Dayton, we have about 17,000 visitors, and uh, it's a very nice modern um, facility, air-conditioned, and good food, and it's very different than this. But it's, um, this place has a, an energetic atmosphere, and, and it's always exciting to come here and meet a lot of people and, and see things. Right,
1: yeah, Dayton's a lot of fun. But I appreciate you taking right. a few yeah. minutes to talk to us.
3: Thank you.
0: You know, Tommy, I was wondering the same thing. He sure did speak good English for, yeah. for being a German. Uh, he really
1: did. Hey, you ran into somebody kind of interesting out there, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I, I met one of our friends from the Middle East. We tried to uh, do an interview with uh, Qatar last year, but we just had bad audio, and, and the clip was totally unusable. So I'm yep. glad we were able to catch up with them this year and learn a little bit about the uh, Qatar Amateur Radio Society. I'm talking with Salah. From Qatar here, he's representing the country at this year's Dayton Hamvention. It's good to meet you.
4: Yeah, me too. I'm glad to be here. So
0: tell me about amateur radio in Qatar. Is it is it big now?
4: Yeah, and, uh, really, in, uh, our society has come grow and grow. Now we have a uh, lot of members, and uh, we try to do our best to be famous in the world and uh, one of our activity to come here to Hampshire in Dayton. I
0: I know we saw you here last year and there were a lot of people in the booth. I guess your country, a lot of people try to try to make contact with you.
4: Yeah, of course, there is a lot of people try to make uh, contact and we hobby, we we hobby to do that. And really, we we, we got many cards and many cards. And we do our best to reply for everybody. That's it, yeah.
0: So, what would you say is your most distant contact? What is the farthest DX you have worked? For myself?
4: Yeah, there is some Ayuta, some, some uh, small island in the Pacific. And, and also, I catch some, <clears throat> uh, some station with QRB power with CW. So I was very happy because I satisfied my equipment. It's working very good.
0: What what kind of antennas do you use?
4: Uh, myself only I I, I use diable uh, antenna. You know this is the secret of our uh, hobby of our amateur. You don't need to put uh, direction antenna and you push it with big power so you didn't do anything but if you built your station step by step and by barefoot or qrb power so you reach long distance you will be feel very happy
0: do you use an amplifier never
4: never 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 never.
0: what what is the maximum power you can use in qatar
4: for myself or uh, as a law
0: as, as together, the whole yeah, country.
4: Yeah, uh, our law uh, uh, allows us to use 600 watt, But really, uh, uh, all of us, or most uh, of us, we use barefoot power. Barefoot power, because we try to make a good antenna, good wiring, good condition, and we try to go on air with good propagation, so we succeed. No need power or uh, long uh, direction, antenna, or like that.
0: What is your favorite band, your favorite band to work? Uh,
4: Look, uh, I have many favorites, but I like this uh, hobby in amateur uh, amateur, uh, society. And uh, I try to work on air, as I told you, especially in CW. But always I try to work on the air with low power. Yeah, because, as I told you, when you catch the with low power, you'll be happy. So that's it. And also, we do our best to learn the new ham. What's our hobby? It's uh, you have to be uh, uh, careful. You have to follow the instruction and the procedure because you are a face of your country. That's it. So we try to do our best. And really, we get some succeed. Are you
0: getting many new hams, new Uh, people coming?
4: Many many new hams. Yeah, 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 many new hams. You know, when we go on air, you got pileups. Anytime, anytime. So we try to catch as much as we can. But also, when we try to make QRT, they call us and they call us. So we try to do our best to make everybody happy. That's
0: it. How many hams in Qatar now?
4: Well, as I told uh, some friends, they asked me, it's around uh, now 70 maybe, not exactly, 70 hams. But they grow, grow up and grow up. And we have uh, many uh, new hams, but we bought them in our society and they follow the instruction. They have to uh, uh, education and they have to get how uh, this uh, to build uh, antenna, how to good power and uh, and wiring, and how they be careful to not harm their neighbors because of that. Yep. So uh, we are growing up, but really our society it's uh, very nice now. But we hope it will be better and better.
0: You like QRP? Is that your favorite?
4: Yeah, my favorite is QRP. You're right. You get it. Yeah and always I tell the new ham because sometimes I help them with CW and I tell them this tell them CW no need high power it's need good condition good equipment and you can go by QRB. you reach the farthest or the, the, the longest distance
0: How many class of license do you have? Is it one class? or is there several grades of licenses?
4: No, we have, we have uh, several. He begin as a listener. After that, he come to the class, he learn some uh, equipment, and he learn after how to build the antenna. And after that, we tell them the procedures, how he can call in the air. And after that, he go with all the on the air. Slowly, slowly, step by step until he can go alone on the air. That's it.
0: So they're trained very well. Yeah. Good training.
4: Yeah, good training. And always we choose our member. We choose. We know he's uh, good. He can follow our, uh, our procedures. So that's it in our society.
0: Well, I really appreciate you talking with us. We, we're going to try to work you. Uh, I may not run QRP on my end, so I can break the pile up, but we're yeah, going to.
4: Yeah, to break. Pile up, you need little power. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah, that's that's acceptable.
0: Thanks for talking with us. Thank you.
4: And and I hope my language it's clear.
0: Oh, it was very clear. And have a good Hamvention. Thank you very much.
4: Yeah, we are happy here in uh, Dayton Hamvention and uh, also this
0: nice place and nice people. Thank you very much. It was a great, great time, though, to to visit with these guys from the other countries. We hadn't really done that before. It's the first time we really, you know, kind of looked into that. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was a
1: a really broad representation there. It was. Quite a few different countries.
0: Yeah. People from all over the world. Well, right now, Gigaparts has got a special going on on the... A new ICOM ID 5100, you know, the one I smacked you down with. Yeah,
1: yeah I still got a, my eyes still a little sore from that. The new ID
2: 5100 from ICOM. Right away, you'll notice the largest display of any mobile radio in the industry, giving it plenty of screen real estate for large fonts and crisp, easy to read icons. A touchscreen interface and intuitive menus make the ID5100 simply the easiest mobile radio to operate, even with powerful functions like a voice recorder for recording hours of QSOs or your own voice memos, a built in repeater directory that will even recommend nearby repeaters thanks to the built in GPS, Bluetooth connectivity for headsets, and simplified DSTAR capabilities right out of the box. The ID5100 is also the first mobile radio in the industry to allow remote control from an Android tablet or smartphone. The ID5100 app also allows you to send text messages and photos from your Android device or other D-Star users. An interactive map allows you to locate DSTAR repeaters anywhere in the world and program the radio to use that repeater by simply touching the screen. Whether you're strictly an FM guy an avid D Star user or thinking of getting started in D Star, the ICOM ID5100 is the clear choice for an easy to use dual band mobile radio, and Gigaparts.com is the clear choice for the place to buy all your amateur radio gear. Gigaparts is the largest independent amateur radio dealer in the nation. Everything you need for ham radio, including books, DVDs, antennas, rope, coax and tuners gigaparts has it all and is open monday through saturday call us toll free at 866-535-4442 and our friendly staff will be happy to help you find the right products for nearly any project and budget online shopping made easy with real-time pricing and availability and free shipping on most orders go to gigaparts.com and enter to win a free radio Have a question? Click on live chat for a quick answer. Low prices? Huge selection. America's favorite ham radio store is GigaParts.
0: For Amateur Logic viewers, GigaParts is offering a $25 discount on the new ICOM ID 5100 Mobile D-Star Radio through July the 15th. Use the promo code ALTV5100 at checkout on gigaparts.com. Or take advantage of the new remote control capabilities of the Audi 5100 and save $75 when you buy a radio along with an HP 7-inch Android tablet. That's only at gigaparts.com. Good nice. deal, Tommy. Yeah, that, that is a good deal. We did a lot of digital stuff this time around, too, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did. You know, there's a new device coming out. A little board that hooks onto either a Raspberry Pi, and, and there's a version that actually works on an Arduino, and it makes a a D-Star hotspot. Well, I I talked to the the guy that created that thing. Well, a lot of you guys on the Facebook group remember the DV Mega post that was uh, put on there about a week or so back, and a lot of buzz about it. We ran into the guy that created it, Gus Van Doren. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, from Holland. Oh, from Holland. It's good to see you here. Thank you.
5: Is this your first time to to uh, Dayton? This is the first time to and yes. Well, good. This is my third time. Maybe we'll see you here again. <laughs> uh, definitely. Okay. Can you tell us what you've got here? Uh, what I've got here is a, a DV-Mega. It's actually a UHF radio D-Star hotspot. It's based on an uh, Atmega controller, an Atmega 328. And uh, it fits direct on a Raspberry Pi Um, The unit is uh, loaded with with firmware that communicates with the G4 Calyx, Jonathan Aylers software. And since January of this year, uh, his software supports the DV Mega. So that means that you can set uh, the frequency in in the software of uh, Jonathan. Oh, great. Um, You also have an Arduino-based one, don't you? I have an Arduino-based. That's a dual-band radio. Uh, that radio is the start of a complete kit, a do-it-yourself kit, of a dual-band D-Star transceiver. Okay, and uh, the Arduino based one, am I
1: correct in thinking that one needs to be tethered to a computer, but the Raspberry Pi can stand alone, right?
5: That's right. This uh, this small unit communicates via the serial port available on the GPIO connector of the Raspberry. Uh, the dual-band radio communicates via USB weather to a PC, Or uh, it can be also a Raspberry, but then the USB port.
1: Okay, great. And uh, are these available
5: now for sale? They are available for sale. We don't have stock at the moment. Uh, At the end of this month, we get new stock and will be available uh, in the United States as well. Okay, great. Um, So I think Gigaparts may may carry these,
1: right? Exactly. Gigaparts is uh, selling uh, the units. Great. and looking forward to it. Um, the software, that's freely available. It's a free download. Um, this is... Uh, is this an in-unit or more of a tinkerer's type of thing? Is it... Uh, you got have much computer knowledge to get it
5: going? No, no, no. It's... Uh, we have, a, a, in our opinion, quite clear description uh, on our website, which is uh, uh, www.dvmega.aria.nl. And... Um, We we upload the software via the standard uh, Arduino uh, uh, studio. So that means you you load the the sketch file and you upload the sketch file to, uh, to the Arduino.
1: Okay, and if you want to change the frequency to suit yourself, uh, you can just modify the sketch and read upload it into the Arduino?
5: Actually, it's much more uh, easy. Uh, the frequency setting is done in the in the software of uh, G4KLX. So you have uh, the, the configuration file, and there you can set uh, the frequency, and from the next release on, also the power. Oh, awesome, awesome.
1: The Raspberry Pi one is a single band but the Arduino is a dual band correct?
5: Arduino uh, is a dual band. Yes, that's right. We can we can configure uh, this one as a VHF but yeah, at this moment we think UHF uh, will do.
1: Okay, UHF and then dual band. Yeah. Well, that's great. We're looking forward to it and uh, you're going to
5: send this one to evaluate soon, right? Of course. Yeah, we uh, appreciate you will do the review. So uh, you get a a sample uh, from both of them. Yeah, great. We're
1: we're really looking forward to it. I know there have been a lot of people talking about it, and uh, people have stirred up and really looking forward to checking it out. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks for talking to us.
0: Pretty nice-looking device. Where can
1: we get one of those over here? Yeah, the Gigaparts, as far as I know, is maybe the only one that's going to carry them. Wow. Um, Hmm. Anyway, it it is really cool. He's supposed to send me one, um, so... I'm really looking forward to getting it and playing yeah, with
0: it. I'm kind of interested in that because I don't have a DV dongle or a DVAP or any of that stuff, and yeah, this might be what I need. Yeah, just take ticket. Yeah. Well, we always see Ray anytime we go anywhere. He always is there. And iCom really didn't have any new radios to show us. They put out some new ones this year, but we've already shown you all of them. So. Yeah. Uh, rather than concentrate on that they had some really slick looking antennas there for mobile operation i mean heavy duty oh yeah that's that's serious gear right there well here's a man we ran into who needs no introduction hi ray
6: how you doing george and hello there tommy and everybody out there
0: so how has hamvention been this year
6: it's been an incredible show i'm glad you came by on sunday instead of any other day because it's just been completely packed people in this booth
0: uh, we've met a lot of people here this weekend who said they watched a SmackDown video on the ID fifty one hundred, and I, I believe we have a clear winner there, don't we? Yeah, I think you're two and zero. Oh. That's yeah. That that's what I was thinking. So take that, Tommy. Uh, what? Uh, so we've already talked about that, the the fifty one hundred. If you haven't seen it, then uh, go to Icon America's youtube page and check out that great smackdown between the id5100 and the ic2820h but you've got a couple other new things here at the show don't you
6: uh yes sir we're actually showing some of our commercial product here uh with the f8101 this particular version is not fcc certified yet but uh a slick little control microphone what we call the command mic and the black body uh, right now it supports the United Nations ALE. They're working on making it to the U.S. government standard as well. But two antennas that support it, one uh, one of the real solid military-grade antennas for the commercial frequencies, and then for the ham use, the AH-740.
0: Now this has the tuner and all built in the base here?
6: This is a relay switching type antenna tuner for the, for the whip. And then this one is actually a moving coil on it. Now the kit that we're showing here is the NVIS. There is a standard whip that comes with it, and uh, the NVIS actually is sitting about uh, with the about a good eight feet away from us right now. So this would go on your front bumper of your Explorer, and that would attach the magnetic base would attach to the roof at the back of it.
0: Well, these certainly are uh, heavy duty. That. I mean, that looks almost like a rubber duck there. I guess it's fairly flexible, al- although it, it's not a rubber duck. But it...
6: Well, in the box that the, it comes packaged in, uh, it actually has a warning that it's a two-man or two-person uh, unpackaging because it's spring-loaded. So as you're clipping the devices that retain it, you can definitely feel the tension of that thing wanting to come out of there. So it's, it's built real solid.
0: Uh, really, a couple of good-looking antennas there. Wow, <laughs> that thing is strong.
6: Oh, it is, and and if Tommy ever gets out of line, you can really wrap him a good one with that thing.
0: I may need this.
6: There you go. Well, I thought it was to keep me out of the out of the studio if I don't bring a radio to play with.
0: <laughs> That'll work too. Hard hard to run you out where you don't have a chance to grab the radio. Well, Ray, we appreciate you talking to us. Anything else new that that we want to mention before we go?
6: Uh, other than the 5100 and then showing the remote control software for the radios for the upgrades on both the the 7700 and you need to do that one test that one when you're traveling but that's about it and i think i'm going to see you in a
0: few days all right well it's good to talk with you again and uh, we'll see you in uh, seattle i guess here in just a couple of weeks yes sir and
1: hope you have a lot of fun with us. And that was a serious antenna right there.
0: That was a serious antenna. I wish we had gotten the footage where you could see the whole thing where it looped over. Yeah, the thing that, was long.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, it went from the front of the car all the way to the back. Yeah. Actually, Yeah, from the front yeah. to the back. That would be right.
0: And he told me that he would send one of those down here and let us experiment with it a little bit if I could figure out a way to attach it to the front bumper. And yeah. I haven't figured out a way to do that Maybe yet. Maybe you could
1: put on your wife's car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would go over. But, you know, it's interesting because that antenna's made to be leaned over like that in that Andy of Mayberry uh, uh-huh. position. And, you know, most of the time I'm working 80-meter um, mobile. I'm wanting to talk uh, NVIS, you know, locally. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, you know, with the antenna in that position, if it might not do good for that. Yeah, it may. It'd be it's,
1: cool if we figure out how to mount one. Yeah. Let me see about getting one sent over
0: here. I'm going to have to go take a better look at my bumper and see what options i got on that. We can, we can weld you something to it. Yeah, well, I won't get to keep the antenna, so we don't want to make it too permanent. <laughs> Well, you talked with another guy about uh, uh, some more digital yeah, stuff. we Yeah, been man, uh, about. there's
1: a lot of cool stuff going on right now and with uh, D-Star and all the digital modes. And uh, the Northwest Digital Radio guys were there, and they had a cool little device. Well, several of you asked us to come by and talk to the guys at Northwest Digital Radio. i got John Hayes, K7VE, here. What's going on That's new, John? Well, we uh,
7: have been out uh, designing our universal digital radio for a couple years now, and we're getting very close on the radio. But what we've done uh, this year is we've, uh, when we designed the radio, uh, the radio was designed to be a data radio. But because of D Star and some of the other voice modes, people wanted to be able to do those as well. And to do that requires a vocoder chip. Uh, sometimes people call it an AMBI chip. Right. And um, so we took uh, the AMBI chip, we made a daughter card that'll go in the radio. But we looked at it and we said, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're going to sell thousands of these, but there's two and a half millions of these Raspberry Pi sitting out there, and a lot of them are in ham shacks.
1: Yeah, I've got four in mine. Yeah, so we are
7: reconfiguring the pins on our radio to match the ones in the Raspberry Pi, so the card that we have can now be used on a Raspberry Pi. And the chip that is here is the actually the newer AMBI chip, which is uh, will not only do the vocoding for DSTAR, but the chip can do the vocoding for DMR, for NXDN, for APCO P25 Phase Two half rate, for Fusion. Just go down the list. Uh, now, we don't have software for all of those, but we do have software for DSTAR that is running now, for this particular package written by Jonathan Naylor, G4KLX, who actually happens to be here at the show with us.
1: Oh, great. We'll talk to him in a few moments.
7: Sure. So um, this is actually available now. You can order it on our website, northwestdigitalradio.com, or if you happen to be at Hamvention, you can buy it right here at the table and we'll give it to them. And uh, uh, Jonathan did a really creative thing in that The chip can be talked to over the Ethernet using TCP IP and so you can either run applications directly on the Pi or you can run them on uh, another computer on your home network and they just send the uh, voice over Ethernet to the chip and the AMBI comes back and goes out whatever program that you're using.
1: Oh, that's pretty impressive. So
7: uh, I've actually had one of these sitting in my house. Uh, on a public IP address for some time and uh, from my office which is seven miles away I've actually sent audio back and forth through through it over the internet so you can put these wherever it's convenient to put them.
1: Oh that's pretty impressive that sounds that's going to be a pretty hot item and you say that's available right now?
7: Uh, That's available right now today we've uh, sold several here at the show we put it up on our website last night we got a bunch of orders overnight, so we think people are really going to like it.
1: Okay. Can you tell us about the digital radio you guys are working on? I know uh, it's been in development. Is there an estimated time we may be able to release it? Or Well, we're not setting an
7: exact date because it's an engineering project, and you never know, but we're past all the scary parts, okay? So the receiver works. The receiver works. It uh, has really good sensitivity. The transmitter works. We're requalifying the high, uh, high power and the TRX, uh, the TXRX uh, switching in it. So what we have is it's a, it's a little different concept in radio. Um, it's a two-board set inside the radio. Uh, one half is the RF section. The other half is actually a computer. And it's a full-up Unix computer. A little more powerful, a little different chipset, but roughly equivalent to the Raspberry Pi. Uh, so, and then um, it's a band-limited SDR design. So, uh, we take the IQ signals and we can modulate it with any form of modulation that we want to uh, do in DSP. And we have a world-class DSP programmer that's been working on modems for us. So, the base unit without the uh, the voice chip um, will be able to do... AX25, we'll be able to do D-Star data, we'll be able to do some additional protocols from speeds down around 4,800 for D-Star voice to probably over 100K. We're saying 56K plus. We think we're going to get in the 100K range coming out of it and still be within the bandwidth regulations of 70 centimeters. And we went with 70 centimeters because we put an end connector on here that's well within the ability for someone to get a, a good piece of quality coax up to a, a 440 antenna uh, and um, much better propagation than some of the higher bands. And uh, we see it going to be used in a lot of applications. One that's really interesting is mobile data networks that adapt to the people moving through the area.
1: All right, that's pretty impressive. We're looking forward to a release on that.
7: Um, we are hopeful that we'll be shipping early fall.
1: Yeah, well, cool. Well, we'll uh, keep in touch on the website and kind of look for it. Yeah, and I might have to place an order for one of those boards here pretty soon as well. That's pretty nice.
7: Yeah, it's, uh, the,
1: the regular retail price
7: on the board is $99. dollars we got an $89 special going right now for the show until we run out of our first batch or a month, whichever comes first.
1: And they're going fast. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. All right. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming by.
0: Maybe that's what I need.
1: Yeah. I think you'd have to use that like a DV dongle Mm -hmm. instead of a DV access point. But that's a cool device. I actually emailed John about uh, maybe getting one of those to look at on the show, too, but I Mm -hmm. haven't heard back.
0: And that had the Ambi chip on it.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Variation of the same chip that they're using for D-Star and everything. So it's kind of funny that... uh, People kind of complained about that chip, but now a lot of a lot of places are adopting it, and and I'm cool with that because that makes it uh, yeah not standardized.
0: You know, kind of the deal was, ICOM doesn't own D-Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Japanese Amateur Radio Club actually developed that, and the uh, the basic protocol is open source, mm-hmm. I think, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the only yeah, I think the, my understanding the only thing that's closed is the codec, and source and codec that's itself. the
0: Ambi chip, right? But now that's what everybody's using on all these digital radios. So Yeah, pretty much. All right. So really, apparently that must be the best thing out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the, talking about all this digital stuff, I actually went over to the Connect Systems booth and mm-hmm. talked to them for a few minutes, but I, I didn't have the camera. I wanted to see the new radio they've got. I think it's the CS7000. It's supposed mm-hmm. to do all those modes, but he, he didn't actually have anything there. Um, yeah. So anyway we'll follow back up on that later on yeah
0: in while. we'll see how that goes you know i was thinking well somebody mentioned that radio and i said well i believe it when i see it well i haven't seen it yet no yeah
1: you yeah. never know we'll
0: see what yeah, happens. you never know that'd be a good price but uh yeah, yeah it's almost an unreal price yeah well that's have to watch and see
1: mm-hmm.
0: need a dipole antenna that covers multiple bands MFJ has a solution with their ultralight and powerlight off-center fed dipoles. Engineered from the ground up, these innovative new antennas by K1BQT break traditional off-center fed design barriers to deliver wider bandwidth, lower SWR, solid gain, and full frequency agility without a tuner. The full-size radiator with matchmaker feed block tests over 98% efficient, so all your power gets radiated. NEC-modeled elements deliver the same feed point impedance on every band, and the innovative new transformer design yields the exact ratio needed for a great match. Off-center-fed dipole antennas need good balance to block feed line radiation. The built-in bi wound Canela current choke has over 30 dB of common mode rejection on all bands. This kills pattern irregularities, RFI, and noise element feed points are compensated for typical mounting height so you always get the lowest possible swr on all bands there's real gain too mfj's ultralight and power light antennas deliver a 6 dbi ground reinforced dipole pattern on the fundamental band a 9 dbi full wave cloverleaf on the second harmonic and an amazing 11.5 dbi peak gain on the higher bands MFJ's virtually invisible 66-foot ultralight handles 300 watts PEP, single sideband and CW on 40, 20, 10, and 6 meters. Weighing less than 2 pounds, it's perfect for low-profile portable and QRP operation. The PowerLite antennas handle maximum legal limit 1500 watts PEP, CW, and single sideband on 75 and 40 meters or 40, 20, 10, and 6 meters. Their 14-gauge stranded copper wire and porcelain end insulators are pool-tested to 200 pounds. And now there's a new 60, 75, and 40 meter version, too. Why not consider MFJ's ultralight and PowerLite off-center-fed dipoles for your next HF antenna installation? Visit MFJEnterprises.com today you know center fed dipoles are really popular antennas tommy i've got one out here for uh 40 meters and up you you run one don't yeah you? i've
1: got one i've got one for 75 and up
0: yeah so uh check out those off center fed dipoles from mfj there these are a little bit different a little bit improved over the standard variation well we talked with some more international visitors there
1: yeah yeah, there were a lot of them. This guy was, where was he from? He's
0: from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. We've got another ham friend here from the Middle East, and this is Salah from Saudi Arabia. Salah, good to see you. Good
8: to see you, sir. Thank you very much for having me in today. Thank you very much. And your call is HZ1SM? Yes, Hotel Zulu-1 Sierra Mike. You can call me Hotel Zulu-1 Sugar Mike, as always in the DX. Okay. Okay. Yes. So
0: what is your favorite mode? What, what do you like to operate?
8: I like to operate mostly in the SSB 20-meter, 20 20-meter, 20 15, and 10-meter, if the propagation is open normally. And But my favorite band is 20-meter band. I work a lot of the stations from the state side, especially from the East Coast, West Coast. But uh, sometimes I'm having difficulty with the West Coast. Some states like Wyoming, I think, very little uh, contacts, and also Idaho, I think. But I'm trying hard to, to collect my... Was work all states now. I'm reached almost 95, so I'm only shortage of five, uh, short of five contacts. Then I can complete my 100 contacts was on the 20 meter, then I will go with the other ones as well.
0: So you'll, you'll do all bands,
8: yes. And uh, regarding your question with my favorite moods, SSB and the second one nowadays, I'm working with the RTTY, the BSK 31, and so So I'm trying, I'm just starting the digital moods, but I get the help from a friend of mine. Hotel Zulu 1X3 Bravo, and um, I think I'm doing fine now. I started making some contacts in the digital modes. It's very uh, interesting, really. How how much power do you run? I run the, the, you know, the legal power, which is, uh, in our country, it's maximum 200 watts. Okay. Yes. And what what about antennas? What do you like for antennas? You mean, which I like? I have a directional antenna. I have a Yagi antenna, which is seven-element tri-bander. I won't say the name. Right. But it's uh, doing great job for me. It's not one of the fanciest antennas, but I'm planning to get a better one, which is, a, you know, the STIBAR, the DB42 or the DB36. It's a very great antenna. And whenever I do DX, I listen to the stations from all over the world. They get great big signals when they are using these antennas, the big ones like STIBAR and I think another JK and so on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having one like these antennas. It's, it's a dream antenna. Yeah. Yes. So how many...
0: How many hams are in Saudi Arabia now? Oh,
8: uh, in Saudi Arabia we have so many hams because Saudi Arabia is very big. It's a very big country. And actually I, I don't count the number, but I think we have more than at least maybe now at least 500 or more maybe. It's not as much as U.S., but now we have a lot a lot of uh, hams coming to the hobby, and they are getting licensed. Because we the start, licensing started around 20, 2004. So we have a lot of hams coming to the hobby, and we are looking forward more hams as well coming to the hobby. So
0: how many class of license do you have? Is there one class or is there many classes?
8: Okay, Uh, we got class one and class two. Class two is the, uh, you know, only they are allowed to operate in the two-meter band, 144 to 146 megahertz. For the class one, it is general class. Uh, We can operate, you know, the HF and VHF and and so on. So I'm a class one. I can operate all the bands. Class two, it is Hotel Zulu two. This okay. is the class two. But Hotel anything starting with number one, this is uh, the class one, the general class. And also we have Seven Zulu one as well. So if there is a, if you hear somebody on the air calling Seven Zulu one or Hotel Zulu one, this is the general class. So when you get on the air, are, are there lots of pile ups? Oh, a lot of pile ups. Yes, I get a lot of pile ups because they look they would like to work DX uh, stations from Saudi Arabia especially Saudi Arabia because it was a rare country, but now a lot of hams are coming, and they'll uh, thank God that we have a lot of uh, our friends from, uh, you know, the hams. They are working DX stations. Many call signs are coming now to the air, and they are working DX as well. And they are also participating in the uh, DX expeditions, and also, uh, you know, like this work, all Europe uh, DX expeditions. So we are trying. I I, I, I myself also participated in one of the DX expeditions. I think it was... um, work in Europe and there is one german expedition i'm trying in the beginning and and so i, I got some uh, success in that but i'm looking forward of course more uh, activity yeah so because of limitation of time due you know, to family and work so whenever there is a time allows you know in the weekend or during vacations i just utilize the time to go to the shack and, and enjoy and have fun
0: <laughs> that's what it's all about
8: yeah it's ha- it's having fun and also meeting nice people like you from all over the world I almost work all the, all the world now, and I have friends from all over the world, from America, Europe, and so on. So I, it makes me very happy to come to the air and make nice contacts with nice people. And especially coming here to the Dayton Ham Vision 2014, it was a dream. And they really feel so proud and so happy and so thrilled to be here with this community, with the Ham Ready community.
0: I just wish it wasn't raining and we could go outside and look in the flea market.
8: I would go to the, sure. It is one of my plans to go to the flea market. I came yesterday, but it was uh, raining. But today, um, after I take a you know a tour inside, I'm going to go outside to the flea market and see what's going on there.
0: Well, we thank you for talking with us. It's it's nice to meet you.
8: Thank you so much, sir. And really, I'm very happy and I'm very proud to meet you in person, George, because I have seen a lot of videos on the YouTube. Really, it's a great channel, and you are doing a great job, really. I really thank you so much, because we are helping the ham-ready community all over the world. It's not only in America. We get a lot of education from your channel, and uh, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, sir.
0: Thank Please, you. Sir. Have a good show.
8: Thank you so much. Seven, bye-bye, 7-3. Seven, 7-3. Three. Seven, three? Seven, three.
0: Bye-bye. That was a lot of fun. You know, I've never... Well, we, we've got some friends from the Middle East that, that well, one lives here runs a, a D-Star repeater. Yeah. yeah, Nice yeah. guy, but you know, I've never really talked to any of them other than him, and he's just a Mississippian, you know. Yeah, hey, that that guy was really
1: nice. It was kind of interesting, because he was a, a viewer of the show. Yeah. Apparently,
0: he watched Ham Nation, too,
1: because uh, he knew exactly who you were. He's like, oh, you're f- very famous. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was kind of neat. It was a pretty cool experience to meet him.
0: Yeah, and you talked with some more digital. You got the digital job yeah, this year. I, I,
1: yeah, yeah, got digital stuff. You, you're you the analog dude this year.
0: I guess so. I'm the international. Well, no, you did international, too. So. Yeah,
1: the, uh, uh, we ran across Jonathan Naylor in the Northwest Digital Radio booth. That's the uh, IRC DDB guy. Over at the Northwest Digital Radio booth, we ran into Jonathan Naylor, G4KLX. Um, a lot of you guys know him as the author of uh, Jonathan Software. At least that's what our buddy Johnny calls him all the time. But how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Can, can you tell us some of the things you've been involved in for the guys that aren't aware? Oh, like
9: I guess say if we go back far enough, I wrote the, uh, the Linux support for AX twenty five back in the nineteen nineties. I dabbled with SDR in the two thousands, and I've been working on the IRC DDB gateway and uh, the Repeat software since two thousand and nine.
1: Okay, that's uh, that's kind of the altern- alternative to the uh, the US Trust stuff, right? Yeah. It's uh, more of a. Uh, open open source type of thing?
9: Yeah. It's completely open source.
1: Yeah, I, I know it's quite popular. Uh, that's where you find the X-Reflectors you see. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to do with the X-Reflectors as well? Um, only in the sense that my software supports it. And I
9: have created my own version of it, but I didn't actually create the X-Reflector software originally, no.
1: Um, is there... A lot of people are running your software. It supports... Uh, a lot of like the Moencom boards, uh, pretty much everything, um, even the DVAPs. Um, what, what, what all hardware does it support?
9: Okay, i oh, trying to think. It supports using sound cards for a repeater. Uh, the GMSK modems, like the Moan board, uh, and also from other people as well. Uh, it supports DVAPs, 2 meters, 70 centimeters. the DV repeaters from Germany, the version 1, 2 and 3. It supports the DV Mega from GUS, uh, which is a little uh, hotspot that sits on top of an Arduino. Um, I think that's it at the moment. I think that covers just about all the hardware available, but as new hardware comes up, and providing I know how to talk to it, the author is willing to talk to me, then I'll happily support it.
1: Yeah, well that's, that's quite an impressive list of hardware that you support. I'm sure it uh, takes quite a bit of time. Oh, oh, and
9: it supports the ICOM hardware as well, the original ICOM repeater hardware.
1: Oh, can't, can't forget that. Yeah, I about that. <laughs> should, should remember that. So what, what have you got new on the horizon? Well, I've got new?
9: Oh, I, I'm trying to think. So I've just been working on putting support in for the DV3000, which I'm going to release on Monday when I get back to the UK. Uh, after that, it's a bit vague, actually. I've got one or two ideas, non-DSTAR, I have to say. Uh, To expanding my horizons a little. But at the moment, there's nothing really big on the horizon, to be perfectly honest.
1: Okay, well, cool. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us. A pleasure. Have a safe trip back. Thank you very much. Thank you. His software is is so popular. I hear people talk about it all the time, but most of the time they call it Jonathan's software. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I guess you're pretty famous if you know Elvis, Jonathan, you know, by the first name.
0: Yeah. True. True. Yeah, hadn't thought about that. Maybe it wasn't worth thinking about. <laughs> Maybe so. It <laughs> uh, didn't yeah. go where I hoped it would. But. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Um, well, back to my international job there. I also met a fan from Colombia, and he did a little, uh, well, let's just watch it. Will, we want to get all the hams in Colombia watching AmateurLogic.tv. Why don't you help us out?
10: Claro que sí, si, eh? Of course, uh, George and Tony, right? Thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to send in uh, my Ham Radio Colombia friends. Uh, whoever watched the video, family, whoever in Colombia, our best greetings over here from 2014 Hamvention in Dayton, Ohio. I know that many of you cannot make it over here to the show. Some of you have or had, but um, you know this is a great show come you know if you can enjoy the show as we all do every year and we, we, we have a nice time you know we get a little presents a of smaller hey whatever you know prices there's a lot of prices over hundred thousand dollars in prices is gonna be given away in a few minutes okay now i'm gonna um, put it in spanish for, for all of you Muy buenos días amigos en colombia Ustedes me conocen, Hotel Kilo 6 Charlie Alfa November, desde Hanvention en Dayton, Ohio. Les mando un saludo muy, pero muy especial de corazón para ustedes. Espero que lo puedan hacer aquí, venir aquí a, a Dayton Hanvention. Y estamos aquí desde la, el booth de ICON. Y les tengo una noticia que ustedes se van a maravillar, maravillar. Hablé con Reinova y. Eh, Vamos a tener otro repetidor de estar en Colombia y de pronto dos, así que despacio todo está bien, pero esas son las buenas noticias. Después te doy la página web para que vengan y miren este video y este mensaje, ¿ok? Así que un abrazo 73 cordiales y un abrazo para los amigos del reflector es Ares 007 Bravo en España, un amigo muy, un saludo muy especial 73. Thank you, Tony, and thank you, George. Uh, We'll see you around here on the YouTube channel. Okay? Bye-bye for now.
0: Well, I have no idea what you said, but thank you.
10: No, no, thank you. Nothing wrong, you know. Everything is just put in Spanish for my friends in Colombia, okay? Okay. 73. Thank you, 73.
0: Yeah, I really didn't know what he was saying, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just call me Tony. Yeah. Yeah yeah i'm not too sure what he said either yeah uh, some folks here in the uh, chat room said he said where are the banos washrooms
1: yeah could have been could
0: have been uh i didn't see if anybody else said anything uh no i don't think anybody else copied it so yeah um anyway uh we appreciate will getting on there and trying to drum us up some fans in columbia apparently he's one Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he knew exactly who we were.
0: Oh, yeah. He was a lot of fun to talk with, Yeah, too. you know,
1: we had met him when we first uh,
0: went to the show, uh, him and a couple of other guys yeah. that were there. Mm-hmm.
1: Talked to him for a good while. Yeah. Pretty interesting guy. Yeah, we
0: met a lot of people this year.
1: Yeah, a lo- lot of lot of people uh, from, from other
0: countries. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Dayton without me doing an interview with the cat in the hat. That hat is awesome. That hat is awesome, isn't it? I don't know how he got it through TSA. If I see him in uh, Nebraska, I'm going to have to see if he wears it all the time. Okay. Hi, Joe.
11: Well, hi, George. It's good to see you again, and it's always fun to see you here and at Huntsville and even Lebanon, Missouri. It's always great to see you.
0: Yeah, we've caught up a lot recently. Um, Done several shows together, and I see you've got on the infamous Cat in the Hat hat. Yes, that's how my friends find me in
11: the crowd, and it's kind of become a long tradition that I can't seem to shake anymore because every time I try not to uh, wear it, everybody asks, where's the hat? And so I end up having to put it back on. So now it's just become a tradition over the last 17 years.
0: And you've got, uh, we probably can't see it on the camera, but you've got an antenna on the back of it there. Yeah, uh,
11: Two-meter, 220, and 440 antenna on it, and... Um, Uh, that's how I keep track of my friends. I got a a dual band, uh, actually quad band radio, but uh, I can listen to two bands at once, and so that helps. I keep one group on one band and one on the other.
0: Well, Joe, what are you building these days? I know you're building something.
11: Well, I'm starting a new one that I picked up here. Um, What it is, is it's a uh, direct digital synthesized CW transceiver. Now, they, they have had those in the past, but this one's unique. This one has an LCD display. Most of the kits so far have used LEDs. So this draws a lot less current. But this also has three different widths of bandwidth for audio filtering. So it goes like 2.4, uh, I think uh, 1,000 and down to 500 hertz. So it's great for CW and it has a general coverage receiver, which is very unusual for um, a lot of these kit radios. Now, the interesting part about this kit is it has two antenna inputs. One's a receive antenna and the other's a transmit. And the reason for that is because it's a lot less expensive for a direct co- uh, direct conversion receiver to, to have the receiver without the filtering uh, except in the in the ham bands. So what they do is they have a separate receive input. So you have to hook it to two different antennas, but it works just fine. And
0: who makes that?
11: Uh, that's Hendrix Kits, and I've seen the uh, um, intro versions of it, and I'm actually building the first one out in the field.
0: Wow. They, they always have a lot of good stuff. Uh, I don't know how many kits they even have. Well... What, what else has been going on since we last caught up?
11: Well, I'm still working on that uh, Tapper TNC1, which is really kind of a, a look back at kits 30 years ago and uh, brings back memories of the, the wider ICs, the, uh, the uh, CPUs and so forth of the time, and EPROMs and things like that that we don't use today. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, slowly but surely, we're going to make that TNC1 work, and we'll put that on. I've done a special project uh, that I did for work, actually. It's a test meter for uh, um, one of the people that works where I do. And he has an aversion to using a voltmeter, and so I made a box that has a light-up LED meter, and all he does is he plugs in the wall warts for, like, uh, laptop power supplies and routers and modems and things like that. And he plugs it in and tells them the polarity and the voltage.
0: Oh, well, that's pretty neat. So it's um, <laughs> custom-made, I guess. So you, you probably, I assume, just picked out the values that you knew he would, would want to read, yeah, the diff-
11: huh? All it, uh, the voltmeter powers from the source. So the voltage being tested has to be over 3 volts. But if the voltage is over 3 volts... Uh, It'll run the tester and goes up to like 30 volts. And so you can plug in just about any kind of laptop supply or router supply or anything. And I have several different size power jacks on this thing. So all he does is plug it into the one that fits, and it tells him if it's working. That looks pretty nice. Joe, what is this? Uh, This is a project that we did at the four days in May uh, kit build-a-thon. Uh, it's produced by Rex, uh, W1REX of QRPME, and his webpage is www.qrpme.com. And this is it. Like I said, a unique kit. He will sell those on the web as well. It's got an LED. It's got an input for a uh, PS2-type computer keyboard. Uh, it runs on 5 volts. It's kind of an interesting thing. What it does is it's a beacon but it's a very localized beacon for 75 meters. And so it, it transmits a pre-programmed uh, message that you can program using a computer keyboard on this processor, and then it will make the light flash, and then with a different jumper here, it'll turn on the RF oscillator, and it's got kind of a loaded loop on the circuit board, so you can use it to check your receivers and and stuff like that. So it's kind of a localized... Uh, uh, beacon, and on the back are um, two little places to put coin cells. If you don't want to run it on double A's, you can put um, your lithium-ion coin cell on there and power it that way. So the light will flash Morse code at the same time as it's transmitting the signal. If you have the RF on, so it was designed to teach different construction techniques. We have the kind of a dead bug type thing. Uh, we have surface mount. We have through-hole components. We have plugs and jacks, LEDs. So it was designed to allow the builder to try all these different modes of construction in one project.
0: I guess that would be like the modern hybrid. It's got through-hole components and surface mounts.
11: Right, and it also has a proto area in the middle. These are just pads. And you can use this to put your own circuit components in there to maybe amplify the RF output of this and hook it to a small antenna and make it a, a QRP beacon.
0: Very neat. Nice-looking little kit, too. And um, so this is USB? No, this is Oh, I couldn't PS2. see. PS2. So you can hook an old computer keyboard to it. Oh, just and it'll read directly right, from the keyboard. keyboard.
11: It reads the keyboard and you type in your message, and it tells you in Morse code when it 's ready.
0: Very cool well what's what 's next? What are you going to going to be doing coming up in the future here
11: well we 've got a couple of small receiver kits that uh, i 'm bringing home with me that we'll be working on and uh, a few other projects. There's a surface mount, all surface mount, uh, 40 meter uh, CW receiver kit that we're working on. And uh, there's some mod kits that I'm working on and evaluating. Uh, One of them changes the lights in your TS-2000 so that you can uh, change it from the standard yellow to blue LEDs. Seems to look a lot nicer. And there's a kit that you can put in a high gain antenna rotor box and change out the incandescent bulb for LEDs that run along the whole top so it lights up the meter with LEDs so that the heat of the the old incandescent bulb doesn't melt the uh, plastic top anymore. Uh, and the meter looks a lot nicer with the LED light.
0: Yeah, they do. I, you know, a lot of people are, and I do that myself, particularly on mobile rigs, when the grain of wheat bulbs blow, I just go back with clear LEDs in them. And, and and it's done I don't ever have to worry about that again
11: yeah, I got one of those icom uh, six meter sideband portables and I think it's I can't remember the number on that I think it was like a 501 or 551 something like that but it was a over the shoulder with a big whip antenna six meter radio and it's got a VFO and everything. And the little grain of wheat bulb burned out in that. So I replaced it with a white LED. And so now it draws less than a tenth the current that the other bulb did. And I can leave it on while I'm operating as opposed to just putting it on briefly.
0: Yeah. I have a, um, a an old Kenwood cool blue rig, a TMV7, that had the infamous blue LED background with blue digits. And near impossible to read, and I went in and replaced it with clear LEDs, made it much much easier to see. But uh, yeah, technology just, just keeps moving on. There's always something new out there, and we can take some of that stuff and and use it with our old gear.
11: Yeah, you bet. In fact, I try to teach uh, techniques for this kind of thing. Um, of course, every month you'll you'll see my uh, column in CQ, and now I'm uh, the author of the, at least the main author of the uh, construction techniques chapter in the ARL handbook. So if you have one of the new 2014 Centennial Edition or the next one that comes out 2015, you'll have content that I put in there, and we're expanding what we're doing in that chapter and getting rid of some of the old stuff and uh, updating it. And it's very interesting, and I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, good comments, and I was surprised how many people read, read that book and get one every year. It's a wonderful resource, and so I highly recommend the ARL Handbook.
0: And I need to get a new one myself. I know you and I talked about this last time we were together that you were doing that now. I have a 2013, so I need to upgrade then so I can get these new tips.
11: You bet, and uh, well worth it. Uh, I think that that's one of the uh, greatest resources for people who like to homebrew or build kits.
0: Definitely is. I've been buying those handbooks since way before I was a ham. Even you know I've got them, oh, at least fifteen years before I ever became a ham, and it's just so much good stuff in there. Well, where are you headed next, Joe? What's the next show?
11: The next show for me is Friedrichshafen. I'm going to the uh, Europe's largest amateur radio convention. And to be honest, I have not been overseas in 43 years, so this is going to be quite an experience. I'll be mostly in the Dara booth. Uh, Dayton Amateur Radio Association is bringing me along to uh, promote coming to Dayton. Several people have said, wear the hat. In fact, I talked to the DARC people from uh, Germany who put it on. And they said, oh, definitely, wear the hat, and you'll get lots of people come and talk to you about coming to Dayton. So uh, my job there will be to talk about Dayton, and uh, um, and probably, I'm sure, by the way, I'll run into a lot of people that uh, are, are kit builders as well.
0: You think you'll get that hat through customs?
11: I think so. I think uh, we'll get it through, at least I hope so.
0: Well, Joe, it's always great to talk with you in the
11: also, I'll be uh, at ARL National, and uh, I'm a speaker there, and I will also be at Huntsville.
0: Okay, well, I guess the next time we'll see is Huntsville. I, I won't be at the uh, Centennial. I'd, I'd like to see that. I'll be in CPAC, though, next month, first year ever out there. So that'll be interesting, too. But um, we're looking forward to seeing you in Huntsville then, and we'll get together and uh, talk shop again. Sounds great. Always good to see you, George good to see you too yeah you know joe's always a lot of fun to talk with oh yeah he's an interesting guy he's
1: always been on some cool stuff man
0: yeah and somebody in the chat room was talking about that hat is that where he pulled that board from that yeah. he showed us
1: you know what he he could
0: have <laughs> he could he's have he's got yeah.
1: plenty of room in it yeah i was yeah. thinking it's a good idea because you you don't even have to carry a backpack with that thing you could just fill it up with all yeah. your stuff
0: might need a strap to hold it on know. <laughs> ICOM America and ICOM Canada are teaming up to offer ham radio operators some incredible savings. You can get a great deal on a D Star repeater direct from ICOM and help expand D Star across North America. For a limited time, ICOM is offering a buy direct D Star promotion for U.S. and Canadian residents. Purchase a D Star repeater through the D Star Infrastructure Program. The growth of D Star over the past four years has been incredible. With the release of the ID51A and the IC7100, more people are getting on the air with this incredible mode. In response to the request to make the infrastructure more affordable, ICOM America and ICOM Canada are teaming up to expand the number of repeaters. Hurry, this Buy Direct promotion is good for a limited time. Download the mail order form, fill it out, and send it in by mail, fax, or email today. Find out what all the D-Star fun is about. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's Buy Direct program. Well, you did uh, one more interview, I think, here, and this yeah. was an international one.
1: Yeah, it was. I guess that's our last international. Hey, we stopped by the Radio Society of Great Britain's booth here. And Who am I speaking with?
12: Elaine Richards, golf okay. for Lima Fox Mike.
1: Okay, it was nice to meet you.
12: And you. What, what are you guys uh, doing here? We're supporting the ARRL. We work closely with them, and they supported us during our centenary year, so we're supporting them during their centennial year.
1: Awesome. I know you've uh, you got quite a few books here. Are, are these all from the UK?
12: Yes, all from the UK. Uh, mostly pro- uh, produced by ourselves. We commission the authors and publish the books, as well as the monthly magazine, Radcom.
1: Oh, great. That's quite a busy booth as well. Yeah. Um, I, well, we've, we've kind of been touching on most of the international booths here, and I was going to ask you just a couple of questions. Uh, in, uh, in the UK, or Great Britain, I guess, is the license... Uh, for just the, that country?
12: It's just for Great Britain. We've got GI licenses in Ireland, GW in Wales, GM in Scotland, and G or M in England.
1: Okay. And how many classes of licenses are there in England?
12: We've got three classes a foundation license, an intermediate, and a full license.
1: Okay. Well, we've got a. That sounds similar to uh, Australia. We've got a partner on our show that's from Australia. They've got a foundation license as well. Um, how about the maximum legal power there?
12: Uh, foundation licenses, it's 10 watts, and for the full license, it's 400 watts. Oh,
1: okay. It's, it's uh, interesting to see how it it's such a broad uh, range of the, the maximum legal power. Um, anyway, I ju- just kind of want to stop by just for a couple of minutes and touch base and, and see. Um, anyway, um, I appreciate you taking a few minutes.
12: Thank you very much. Nice to meet
1: you. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Number one place on my bucket list I want to go. England? England. Yeah, for some reason I have always wanted to go there.
0: Yeah. Well, then what kind of name is Martin? Is that British or is that uh, Scottish or Irish? It's got to be one of those. I I really don't know. really don't know. It's American Alabama. Alabama? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, I did another interview here. uh, This one with a man we've seen many times before, and he's a sponsor of the show here. Uh, martin g with mfj the last time i ran into this guy right here he said george you're gonna have to learn my name so martin is good to see you
13: well, well thank you for finally calling me martin <laughs> okay
0: what do you what have you got here this year i know you got a few new things
13: okay well there are several uh, uh items that we have um We've got a new uh, alternative to the plug-in and automatic antenna board that go, that plugs right into the uh, L-Craft K3 transceiver, and it's a uh, uh, does everything uh, the uh, original model does, but at a far lower price. Um, we also have this uh, device up here, which is a parabolic reflector to uh, for locating ultrasonic. Um, uh, noise that's emitted by a broken insulator um, on a power line pole. And we were trying this out and just playing with it. It's got a uh, nice little handle that allows you to um, <coughs> uh, hold it. And there's a hole in here that you can look through and aim it. And you can pinpoint um, uh, arc and ar- oscillation uh, Insulators, and we were playing around with, and it's very, very sharp. Uh, uh, there's a you just plug in a pair of headphones and be able to locate those um, those noises. We're also going to bring out an audio version of that, so that'd be useful for things like uh, watching football games or listening to birds and bats. And uh, the, the uh, this one for um, birds and bats that. Um, Will uh, put out the ultrasonic sonar sound for, uh, for direction finding, but the audio one would be great. You can use a pair of them and each other talk a long ways
0: so how How does that work since I can 't hear ultrasonic? does it shift the frequency down or something, or what do I hear
13: well that 's exactly what it does. It does the same thing uh, that happens in a uh, like a superheterodyne. Receiver. It has a converter in it that takes the higher uh, uh, ultrasonic sounds and converts it down to an audio sound. The uh, automatic screwdriver controller that interfaces to your radio, and it also will read the turns counter, so it will position itself very quickly to the band that you want. Now, once it gets to the band that you want, it has SWR sensing in it. Where as as you tune within the band, the antenna will resonate itself. So it's it's almost totally transparent. You don't even know that you have a controller for it. All you know is that the SWR is always low. So you're just just talking and and uh, there's another version with memory that would make it even faster. I don't know if you've seen this new uh, inexpensive 80 through 6 meter. Uh, antenna. For $149, you can operate all of those bands without a uh, uh, an antenna tuner. Uh, it's a fiberglass pole with a uh, radiator that goes up uh, up to uh, 33 feet and uh, makes a nice uh, nice little antenna. Some pipe-to-pipe mass mount that makes it easy for you to um, Just uh, make any configuration of uh, uh, pipes uh, together that you want, either side-by-side and parallel, or you can even mount those at right angles. And you can see the uh, machine pieces, how strong those are. Um, Now right below there, if you look, is a tilt-over base mount, And you can just unloosen that bolt, and that entire vertical can be tilted down for you to work on. And then when you finish working on it, tilt it back up and pass one screw through it. Uh, So it makes it just so much so convenient to, uh, um, to, to work on your vertical antenna.
0: And one guy could raise that antenna by himself using that.
13: He sure can. We've got a uh, a brand new amplifier that we're uh, introducing here at Dayton. It's an HF amplifier, full 1,200 watts of power that covers 160 meters all the way up through uh, 6 meters. And it's got all the computer control interfaces to read uh, uh, data from the radios and um, um, uh, has 10 meters built into it. Um, it's got variable speed fans and very quiet amplifiers. So um, uh, during periods uh, when you're uh, not at full power, it'll reduce the uh, fan speed and reduce the noise. And it's got a nice little uh, way uh, uh, LED indicators to show which band you're on. And um, it also has posi- uh, provisions for uh, remote control um from your radio, so you can switch bands on your radio, and um, uh, um, uh, and, and the bands is automatically switch uh, from the amplifier. Now,
0: now you said it had ten meters in it, and I know most amplifiers they don't. You have to go do something to make it work on ten meters, but you don't on this one.
13: Well, you're, and, and I'm glad you brought that point out. Uh, when you switch it. Uh, ten meters is always already installed and uh, rated to operate uh, most of the other amplifiers because of FCC uh, rules and regulations you can 't have ten meters in it uh, unless it's uh, uh, you plug in a, uh, a filter board uh, by the user, uh, but this amplifier has got frequency sensing in it where if uh, a citizen band banner won't to try to use it on CB, it won't allow them to do it because it senses that frequency and just turns off the amplifier. So it's a it's a uh, it fully complies with all FCC
14: regulations. Well kind of like Mr. G was saying we have the the fans are variable speed they monitor the temperature of your finals and stuff so if you're let's say you're running continuous mode like RIDI or slow scan or something and you run it at high enough power that the PA starts to heat up then instead of this thing just cutting off and completely cutting you off the air, it starts reducing the bias and turns the fans up, so it slowly turns your power down a little bit to maintain cooling. That way you are never completely lose your amplification. It just reduces the power and continues to let you to operate. And um, also, we've we done away with all of our other designs. We've done away with the LEDs extruding through the front panel, and now we just have a nice, slick front panel with backlit indicators and things. And we have the ALC circuit, so you can control your power of your radio from the front of the amplifier. And of course, we have the uh, always the true peak reading wattmeter circuits built into it. It'll read your full true voice peak power when you're operating sideband, and gives you constantly monitoring of your plate current, your of the amplifier and the power supply. And it also has a SWR circuit to allow you to run two to one SWR at full power and what it does is it monitors reflected power so when it gets to a certain level of reflected power it goes into standby so this will give you the opportunity if your antenna is a little bit high on SWR you can run it at reduced power to go into a higher SWR operation
1: this is a HF compact beam which is a lot smaller than any other five element beam that's on the market Uh, any other five element beam would be extremely large compared to this one it's lightweight about 26 pounds and it uh, has capacitance hats on the end to, uh, to shorten the elements on it. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's, it's a very small footprint, very small turning radius, and gets you all five bands.
0: And it'll give you some gain. Yeah, uh,
1: I, you gain on 10, 15, and 20, and unity gain on 12 and 17.
0: Well, that, that is tremendously small for an HF beam. Yes, it is. I know you've got a lot more new things in here than we've got time to look at today, but I appreciate you spending the time with us. You did to to get a look at some of these, and maybe we'll get over to Starple one day here soon and do a little visiting.
13: Well, that would be very nice. I pr- appreciate you talking to us today.
0: Thanks, Martin. Okay, thank you, George. Well, we got one more interview here, and this is with David Crawford. Who is the chairman of the awards committee for Dayton Hamvention? We met him last year. Yeah. And he said I'd got him back into building kits and soldering and stuff like that. And so it was nice to run across him again. And and we just chatted for a few minutes, but this was toward the end of Hamvention. And here's what David had to say. Well, we ran into David Crawford here, KF4KWW. David, good to see you again. We see you, George. We saw you last year during uh, all the awards and everything.
15: Yes, it was. It was a pleasure honoring you. Uh, you, what, what you and Tommy and Peter do on Amateur Logic TV uh, and also on Ham Nation, I think is fantastic. And that is, you know, you're teaching a lot of people how to do things that really some of the Elmers don't get a chance to do. So we really appreciated you guys and what you do.
0: Well, thank you. And I, I know you've... Um, I think I got you started soldering, didn't I?
15: Well, I've been soldering for a long time. I've, I was an Air Force radar maintenance guy. But you got me reinterested, so re-energized on doing kits. In fact, I've been building some triple-five kits, you know, flashy lights and those kind of things, and having a blast doing it.
0: Well, how has Hamvention been this year? Is, have you had a good crowd? I know we had some weather problems for audience Saturday. We did have some weather, but I don't know
15: the figures. Um whether they're up or down i'm not i i don't get into that realm since i'm the awards chairman but the crowds seem to be good they seem to be up but uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks or so once we do the final count
0: yeah uh what about vendor count this year was that uh typical numbers or did you have an increase
15: they were typical numbers i think some were up outside but here again uh Not your department. Not my department, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. So they seem to be up. They seem to be having a good time, too. So all the vendors I've
0: talked to have been doing rather, rather well. Well, it's good to see you again, David. Always a pleasure to come up to Hamvention, and we'll see you again next year.
15: You certainly shall. And all you folks out there in Amateur Logic TV support these guys. They are very, very good in what they do.
0: That was mighty nice of him to say after I guess after we had that chat out back there he How much did that cost <laughs> <laughs> No, it was nice to see David. He's he's a great guy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: super. You know, everybody that, that works there at Hamvention is are really great people and they put in a lot of time and effort to make that uh, convention happen every year and they're volunteers, you know, they don't get paid to do that.
1: Yeah. You know that that whole club that puts that thing on, it it's very impressive. How organized it is and mm-hmm. everything, and I don't know of another club that that goes to that scale, you know, to put anything on. Yeah, it's, it's amazing.
0: There may be now because we haven't been to all the Fests yet. Yeah. But well, I just said certainly. I don't know of them. Yeah, yeah. They they certainly do a great job every yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. Know, year after year. This year, I would say the only downside was just that you know it was rainy and mm-hmm. cold on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. But other than that. You know, great event, uh, a lot of good people there.
1: Yeah, that, that's certainly not anything they could have controlled either. No,
0: no, no, they couldn't control that. And and that just happens sometimes. But uh, next year, Tommy, I'm going to hit that flea market. I know I keep saying that every year, but yeah, sure next you year, are. man, next yeah, year. That's going to be your year, you know, right? That's going to be the year. Yeah. Well, here's the best prize here that we brought back from Hamvention.
1: The load. Look at the bag of those bad boys right there.
0: Yep. That's a dozen here. of golden colored PLT They even sound good. They, they do sound good. Yep. Yeah. Got that jingle to them. Mm-hmm. Now we're not going to waste these. No, Tommy. <laughs> you, you, I know you already have one, and you still haven't made that nose ring. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still working on it. Well, we got a dozen here. What? You know, we're going to do something with these. We're not going to waste them on coax. We've got uh, an idea in mind, and you'll be hearing more about that in the future. But uh, yeah,
1: in uh, all honesty, you really don't want to
0: put those gold ones on your coax. No, you probably don't. But um, you know, as our buddy Mike e uh, 3 mic would say, "Beauty, beauty." Yep. Yeah. I guess that's what. Twelve he would times say. over. Yep, twelve times over. Well, I believe that's going to do it for the show today unless you've got some uh something else important we need to bring up, Tommy
1: man I've said all the important stuff I
0: can come up with, yeah, well, we did a wrap from Dayton, so let's let's say good night Tony <laughs> good night Ray. well, Tommy, another hamvention is about come to an end here
1: yeah, it's been a great time. I'll tell you what I'm already looking forward to next year yeah
0: we need to go on back here now to the u p s store and pack up all those goodies we bought to ship home.
1: Yeah, it's not going to cost much. I think this is the least that I've spent since I've been coming to this thing. We've been so busy doing other things, just haven't had a lot of shopping time.
0: Well, we've still got another two or three hours, so we could turn it around yet.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to try to put a dent in the little bit of cash I brought before I leave.
0: Yeah, I am too. Uh, We, as always, there's no way you can see this whole event, uh, particularly if you're working and shooting video during it. But a lot of great stuff here this year. We have hardly been in the flea market, but I think I'm going to try to get out there in the time remaining. And there's got to be something out there that's just got my name all over it.
1: Oh, I'm sure it is. We have to go check it out. Like, we only went out there for what, maybe 20 minutes, and we stayed in the Mendels and stamped because of the weather. But it's pretty out now.
0: Yeah, it is. It's nice today. Rain, kind of chilly Friday and Saturday, but uh, Sunday here. Bright and sunny out there. Well, any final uh, words of wisdom from the show here, Tommy? Did we learn anything that that's really going to make a difference in our lives and the lives of our viewers this year, or am I just shooting a bunch of BS here?
1: Well, as far as words of wisdom, I usually don't have too many of those, even when I'm at home, and I didn't find any here, so I guess I have no words of wisdom to spread. But hope you guys enjoyed the uh, video that we got, and looking forward to next year already.
0: Maybe we can just spread a little Vegemite when we get back.
1: Yeah, that'll work.
0: 73 from Dayton.
1: 73.
0: well you know mfj's got some new antennas no that's not what i needed to say (laughs) but they do they do have some new ones and this year well really yeah (laughs) it's kind of hard to argue with that i know
13: this is my real ID, but the uh, the country requires me to use one of the regular driver's licenses, but this is the one that I uh, got from my, where I'm from there, okay? <laughs> <laughs>